It's time for a wellness revolution. Brought to you by Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. Honest discussion on maintaining health and wellness naturally to enjoy a better quality of life. He's the doctor fighting to let you keep your doctor. Now, Dr. Stephen Hotsi. Welcome to Dr. Hotsi's Wellness Revolution. I'm Stacey Banfield here with Dr. Stephen Hotsi, founder of the Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. We've got a great guest for you today. In fact, this is a new service that we're offering at the Wellness Center, and we are just so excited about it, aren't we, Dr. Hotsi? Thank you, Stacey. You're exactly right. It's an exciting program today. You know, at the Hotsi Health and Wellness Center, we want to help you get on a path of health and wellness naturally so you enjoy a better quality of life, you feel better. But as you feel better and improve internally, you want to look good as well. And we are bringing on a new service here at the Hotsi Health and Wellness Center, plastic surgery. That's right, plastic surgery at the Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. And we're affiliating with Dr. Mark Barlow. Dr. Barlow graduated from the University of Texas in Austin, uh, ended up in it with an engineering degree and went off to MIT and Harvard where he spent five years studying engineering and biomaterials. At that point, he decided to go into medicine, and he came back to medical school at the University of Texas at Houston and did a, did a five-year surgery and plastic surgery program at the University of Texas in Galveston, and he's been in practice in the Clear Lake area since then. I've known Dr. Barlow for a number of years. He's treated and, and performed surgery on literally thousands and thousands of individuals, and so in visiting with him, we thought it would be a great opportunity for him to affiliate with us, at least on a day a week, where he could provide you, our guests, with some special services. And there are four particular services that we're going to offer here at the OC Health and Wellness Center with Dr. Mark Barlow. The first is Botox treatment. The second is fillers. The third is blepharoplasty, or eye lift. And the fourth is lips. And Dr. Barlow is going to explain those to us today so you can understand what that entails and what kind of benefits you'll have from that. But most importantly, I want you to remember that all of us, not only do we want to feel well, we want to look our very best. And the most important place to look well is in your countenance, in your face. And as you know, as we age, things tend to sag. And we don't look as good as we get wrinkles and we just don't look like we used to look. And we can, women, I know, try to cover it up with makeup, but it doesn't work in men. We just kind of let ourselves look like a bunch of old Lone Rangers or, or Marlboro men. But uh, it's sure something that we need to consider as a great possibility to help you improve the quality of your life by improving your appearance. So, Dr. Barlow, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, good morning, and thank you for having me. Uh, what I like about plastic surgery, it was either restorative or improving function or appearance. Right. So, so much of surgery, general surgery, is pretty much it's ablative. You, you're removing something because it's, it's caused a problem or gone wrong. Um, and orthopedic surgery was interesting, but it wasn't the same creativity that you need to do plastic surgery because people come in with any myriad things they consider problems. Some are functional problems. Some are, you know, I don't like the way this looks or the way this feels. I lost 100 pounds, what I do with all this skin. So a lot of it is restoring, either restoring function or giving them back something they, they maybe never even had. And so that to me is interesting because every problem is a little engineering problem, but then there's the art and finesse of how do you actually make the tissue respond? You know, designing in metal is one thing. You just cut it and it works. Skin's elastic, the underneath changes with time. Uh, just the whole thinking process and then the implementation myself with my hands is what has been attractive to me. 
And you and you really have an engineering background, so you like working with your hands. You like working on things, and you know. And I, I was the same way when I when I did. I did one year only of uh, of uh, surgery after I got out of uh, my my first year out of med school. I did a uh, a, a surgery internship, so I like you could fix something. You could go and take care of a problem. And the wonderful thing right. about plastic surgery. You can really help people improve their appearance, which increases their confidence and really their their uh, the way they feel about themselves, their self image, and that's so very important. Yeah. Now, talk about the. We, I, I mentioned that we're going to talk about four things that you do in the office, simply that you would be doing here at the Hodesy Health and Wellness Center. We're, we're going to talk about Botox. We'll talk about fillers. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, blepharoplasty eye surgery and also lip. Uh, surgery around the lip or fillers around the lip. So why don't you talk to us first about Botox? That's simple. Explain to us about Botox and what what the use of Botox is. Okay, so Botox is one of the botulinum toxins we have that are cleared for use in people. And basically the toxin binds to the joint between the nerve and the muscle and inactivates it so then the muscle doesn't get the impulse to move. So a lot of people have, you know, 11s or crow's feet or forehead lines like I do um, that they don't like and they want to treat them. So put a little toxin in, you get three to four, maybe five months eventually of stabilization of the muscle. And so wrinkles that are starting don't get deeper and actually relax a little if you intervene early enough. I've got people in their even 30s coming routinely because they don't want the wrinkles to form. And so by blocking them, they never do. So we figured out this would work because people would have blepharospasm. So their eye, one eye would twitch all the time. And it was really annoying because it's off-putting and it's sure. annoying to the person. So they started doing little doses of toxin. You know, toxin in the wrong place kills you. Right. That's what botulism is. So, um, but the purified toxin around the eye, okay, the spasm stops, the patient's happy, but five years later they're like, well, I don't have crow's feet on this side like I have on this side. And so that's sort of what led people to think, oh, we can, we can do this for aesthetic purposes. Right. And so when a person has Botox treatment, how frequently is that done? It's every three to four months at first. Okay. If you consistently treat, um, the muscle you know, it at, sort of atrophies in between, and then it has to get stronger afterwards and once, once the signal comes back. And so I have people who come twice a year that have done it for several years. Good. And the next procedure that we're going to be performing here, or you'll be performing here at the Hochi Health and Wellness Center, is fillers. So tell us about fillers. Where are fillers used? What do they do? What are they made of? How do we? Uh, so what is it? Yeah. What does it accomplish? Sure. There's several different classes of fillers, and they they have different properties. So the most probably the most commonly injected ones are going to be hyaluronic acid based things right. like Restylane and Juvederm. It's a clear gel. In you know the outer layer of the skin is the epidermis. The next layer is the dermis, which is collagen, which is the strong stuff. Um, elastin, which is stretchy, and then sort of all the stuff around it is mostly hyaluronic acid. So it's what's in our skin anyway. Uh, when I was still in med school, probably, they were using mostly collagen as a filler, and it came from a cow. And that's fine. It, it holds volume. But then a lot of people got allergies because it's bovine and not human. Right. So then some people extracted hyaluronic acid from rooster combs because you know, we eat roosters. So what do you do in the combs, like waste material? So you get that, make it a gel. And that's also good except for the allergy problem. And then they finally figured out how to do recombinant human hyaluronic acid out of yeast or bacteria. I don't remember. It depends on the company. But basically, it's our genetically identical hyaluronic acid. And now we have a whole family, and you know, there's two or three 
big companies to do it, Allergan being one, Galderma being mm -hmm. the other, um, that have different moduli elasticity, so different stiffness, different um, viscosities. So you can have a stiffer one that maybe is a little more like bone for deep fill. You got softer ones that are maybe better in lips because they don't feel lumpy at all. Uh, those are the most common. Then there's some, um, there's at least three other broad classes that do a little more structural replacement of volume. So one of the problems that happens when we age is everything's, you know, oh, I don't like that I've got jowls now. Well, the jowls started in your cheek and they've settled. So part of it is skin quality, which we can, you know, general wellness helps with that. Right. Um, but then there's laser treatment or skin pen with microneedling that also helps improve the skin quality. But part of it is we just, we actually deflate more than we sag. And so restoring cheek volume tends to lift the jowls back up um, I mean, look at a, you know, an 18 year old person's face. They are much plushier than we are by the time you're, you know, in your fifties, like I am. And that's just volume loss. And I've weighed almost the same thing I wore. I mean, I'm a little bit heavier than I was in high school, but not right. by a lot. So that's just sort of the, the general nature of that. And so restoring the volume, you know, along the tear trough area in the cheeks, we lose our chin pads and then we get, you know, crease down here and our chin looks small. All these things accentuate the drop of the, what cheek volume we have to make our jowls. So sort of a multimodal approach for many people. Well, how will that affect fillers? How will that affect the gobbler effect that I've got right here on my neck? So part of it is settling from the cheek. Right. And part of it is thinning of the skin, you know, the, the tissues in the neck right. too. So we had more volume in our neck. So for most people, a combination of fill that really starts up at the orbital rim level, down through the cheek, you know, not in the jaw line so much, but in the chin, and then some fill in the neck. Uh, I do a lot of combo in the neck with, filler and Botox to try to get the, you know, the, the platysmal bands out to relax right. that, but then to actually give some volume back so that you don't see only muscles and veins, which look at an old person's neck and that's kind of what you see. Yeah, look at mine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, fillers are important in, in the procedure to do fillers normally on a person, you're going to, it's going to take what, 15, 30 minutes? How long? Yeah, somewhere in that range. Okay. And, then and how, long, how long will it last? So most, so it depends also on the filler. So the hyaluronic acid, most of them are 9 to 12 months. Um, some of the, the ones we use for deeper fill, like Voluma, last maybe 12 or 15. The, the way they do their advertising lasts up to 18 months. Well, that's like you get it, but then you get a little more somewhere along the way. So, so maybe, routinely, if somebody's going to take care of their wrinkles or, you know, the furrowing they're having up in their face and the sagging, they're going to do that on a, if they want to keep up on an annual basis. Not an annual basis is what to expect. Okay. Tell us about eyes. A lot of people, as they get older, begin to get saggy upper lips. You look at, I mean, upper eyelids. You look okay. at my eyelids, and you can see how they, they've begun to sag, a little puffiness under the eyes. So tell us about a blepharoplasty, which is an eye lift surgery. Sure. So there's a couple things that feed into that. Um, now, partly we lose the padding in our forehead, so then there's less sort of plump to hold the skin, if you will, so right. the skin settles. So, like, you know, my brows are pretty low, and I could probably use a brow lift, except, you know, I'm also having my hairline move back, so, you know, where do you draw the line? But then the excess skin is very easily addressed. For a lot of people, their upper lid only has extra skin and not extra fat. 20, 30 years ago, everybody's blepharoplasty pretty much was take all the skin you can and any fat that wants to pooch out. Well, then you end up with, you know, sort of a marble in a socket. Yeah. And their fate, their orbital area was so deflated, they actually looked worse 
then, you know, yes, the skin's not making a shade, but they don't look good. Um, so now we're very careful with fat. Sometimes fat repositioning, sometimes adding fat along the rim mm-hmm. where we tend to lose it, which accentuates if there is fat pooching out in the lower lid, um, not having fat right below it where everything attaches to the bone makes it way more obvious. So for a lot of people, it's only skin. For some people, it's skin and fat. And that's easily done. Prep the skin, inject it with local. Once the local's in, you don't feel anything. Now that can be done in the office. That can be done in the office. Now, is that just uppers in the office? Can you do lowers in the office as well? It depends on the lower. If, I have, if I'm digging after fat for the lowers, for want of a better word, then I usually do those with at least deep sedation. Because right. it's hard to get enough numbing in there that the fat doesn't hurt as it's right. dealt with. Now, we were talking about earlier fillers. Do you, and I read where fat is sometimes used as a sure. filler. Now, where do they get the fat to fill? I do a lot of fat grafting. My preference is to grab the fat from wherever it's the last place the person loses weight. So I'm counting them not to gain weight, but if they go up or down a little bit, I kind of want it to be their stable fat location. So for a lot of people, it's you know the lower tummy or love handles. Um, numb that area up. Use a, a cannula under just manual suction for a lot of people with you know just a syringe. Basically get the fat out. Get centrifuge so I can isolate good, stable, graftable fat. And that's what I use. Now, why would you use fat as opposed to some of these products that are on the market, the hyaluronic acid? Well, the advantage of fat is it's yours and it works as a graft. So it lives there in the new location. So part of you know, I use a very tiny cannula that puts basically little spaghetti stripes of fat in multiple planes, multiple vectors that lets, but it's small enough that fat, the blood supply can grow into it and keep it alive. So it lives there. Okay. So, so what would be the reason somebody wouldn't use fat all the time as opposed to hyaluronic acid? Uh, there, there's more sort of operative time because now i got to prep somewhere and take a little right. bit of fat out. Right. So we'll have two places that hurt instead of one. Right. Um, and it's not ready to go. So a lot of people just want to pop in, get it done, and go, right. which is off the shelf is great. Most people I say, let's do at least one round of uh, off the shelf stuff. And if you like you know, the look and you like how I feel you, then let's talk about fat. Same thing with Artifil as a filler that tends to last for years and years and years. So it's it's tiny little beads of basically a, a polymer plastic that are big enough. They don't get extruded like a splinter, but small enough her body doesn't gobble them up. And so what does the body do? It just lays collagen around them. So it's a collagen junction thing. And I always say, well, for those also, let's do at least a round where you see how I feel you before you commit to me for five or 10 years or more. I mean, the plastic really doesn't go anywhere. The data, I think, is out to eight years now that it's right. stable fill. And the fat, if you used fat for the filler, that would last how long? As long as your fat would last. It, I mean, it gets... Indefinitely. Yeah. Indefinitely. The nice thing with fat, too, is because it's not only mature adipocytes. It's, you know, it's what's in the fat tissue, which includes potentially at least some pluripotent stem cell-like things. We can't say there's right. stem cells because no one's studying that. Sure. And if we said it would, you know, and then they'd probably stop us from doing it. Yeah. But there's clearly improvement in the skin that gets the fat sure. years down the road. Well, we know mesenchymal fat cells. I mean, yeah. mesench- uh, if you get your stem cells from the fat, those are mesenchymal fat sure. cells, and we know fat has stem cells in them. That's where you get them. Yeah. You know, if you're going to get them from the belly, you're getting mesenchymal stem cells. So, so I could see how that could be. Yeah, Dr. Coleman did some of the earliest work on structural fat grafting. He's up in New York. Right. And one of the things he shows, you know, when you go to conferences, yeah, the, the fat looks nice, but the skin gets better for years and years and years because of this newly transplanted stuff yep, very and, it's, and its process. Yeah. So 
what percent of your of your uh, fillers would you say are fat? What percent do you use uh, hyaluronic acid? So the the injectable type patient who just comes in, I want filler. I want is right. Pretty much, they're all going to be off the shelf stuff. People are going for a facelift or blepharoplasty or some other surgical procedure anyway. They're like, oh yeah, I want to do that definitely because I'm asleep and it's like right. a freebie to me because maybe I'm doing lipo on them too and then I would just throw it away, but now they get to use it. Sure. So for the, the pure fill people, it's, it's probably only 5%. It's something that's relatively small who only want fat and they're not doing anything else. It's just the way it kind of shapes how, how much longer, if you came into the office and you wanted to do fat, how much longer will, the, will that be an hour procedure? Because you've got to draw that up and spin it out. Yeah, it's, you got to go spin it, and, and you t- put it in a centrifuge, spin it, I guess, and just take it off. Can you take it off immediately? You yeah, to, yeah, it's three minutes at three thousand RPM. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, so hour, hour and a half at most. Depends on how much we're putting in and where. But okay, and then finally, um, some people have their lips improved or they think they have them improved. I don't know. I've seen sure. all different kind of results on these lips. I've seen some lips that get big and they look, it just looks bizarre. So what are, what are, what are the indications for a person that wants some, maybe some improvement in the lips? Maybe they got too thin. They don't look right. I don't know. What are the reasons people get lips right. done? Same thing as kind of like the rest of the face. The lips do tend to involute. They get smaller over time. Our upper lip gets longer and flatter. So one of the, you know, Look at a mouth that's barely open, and a young person, you see kind of upper teeth and maybe the split between upper and lower. Older people, it's all lower teeth because everything's kind of settled. Uh-huh. Um, so very commonly using hyaluronic acid in lips just for volume replacement, and that generally means around the mouth, not purely in the red part of the lip. Um, the other thing that happens, you know, look at a young lip versus an old lip, the white roll that kind of defines where the lip stops goes right. away. So I have a lot of women who tell me I want my white roll better so my lipstick doesn't bleed, and it takes out some of the little radial lines, the little up and down creases. Um, Like, you know, they'll tell me, I never smoke, but it looks like I have a smoker mouth. Yeah. Um, They don't like the lines. And so that's one way to get rid of those. The other thing can be done for some people is like take out a little skin at the right at the base of the nostril and actually remove skin to help roll the skin, the the upper lip. So the skin gets shorter and then more vermilion or red part shows. Right. Well, explain to our listening audience how you're going to function here at the Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. We'll schedule appointments. People will come in, say they want to have some filler done. Will they need to have two visits or will you be able to visit with them at that time and then do the procedure at the same during the same day? It can be either way. So either they can come in, get a consultation, we'll come up with a treatment plan and then they can say, I'm ready to pull the trigger now or I want to stage it. I mean, how people do many, many different ways. Um, my sort of practice is to go conservatively. My wife always accuses me of spending their money like, or taking their money like I'm spending my own, <laughs> and I'm a little frugal. Um, but I'd rather sort of sneak up on the end point than then, bam, there it is. Right. Um, because for some people, it's a very dramatic change. I mean, and it's, you know, one, it's expensive, but two, it's everybody in your family circle is going to know you're different. Um, you know, some people just want it. They don't care. Some people are like, you know what? I need it to be a little bit more gradual. Let's do some of the cheek now and a little lip, and then we'll come back. I'll come back in a few weeks, just enough times for people to, to get used to it. Now, right now with the masks, that's all been a little bit different because who sees you with a mask anyway? <laughs> covers all, you know, if you get a bruise, it's covered. And by the time we take our mask off, people aren't going to remember what you looked like before exactly anyway. Well, tell us, tell us about that. On the, 
fillers? Do we have much? Do you have much in the way of bruising? You can. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a small needle, but it's a needle, and it, and they're usually pretty short to keep the the push right. force down for me for good control. So, how long does it take after a filler before everything's cleared up? It depends on the person. Um, some clear bruises faster. I like to use Arnica Montana as a you know sort of an herbal ex- help for that. Right. It'll cut the bruising duration down by half or or more. We can do some laser therapy with you know the reds and the LED to help minimize that. You know. Untreated, some people have bruised for three weeks in some form or another. Now, it's not a big purple blotch anymore, but it has right. to go through the green to yellow to fully faded transition. And how about on blepharoplasties? You'll have it's the same. similar. You'll have most of the puffy will be a couple weeks. You'll have suture that I remove at a week, uh, typically. Uh, I don't like dissolving ones because they're, to actually break them down is inflammatory, and, and the skin is so thin in the lid, it, it leads right. to a scar taking longer to, sure. to look normal. So the scar for blepharoplasty, for the lower lid, it's hidden right under the roll where the lashes are. For the upper lid, it's in the crease. You know, there's right. a, a tarsal plate is the stiff part of the right at the lid margin. And then where that tends to fold is where the scar gets hidden. And it'll be pink like any new scar for several months. And then once it fades, you never see it. You never see it. That's great. Well, Dr. Barlow, this is going to be exciting, rolling this out here at the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center and being able to offer this to our guests. So I hope you each one of you takes an opportunity to consider the possibility of not only improving your health by getting on a good health and wellness program so you feel well internally but consider the potential you have in improving your appearance and there's that's always important everybody likes to look their best and this is one way we felt like we can offer a better service to each one of you is by providing the opportunity for you to be able to work with Dr. Barlow on helping your facial appearance. And if there's any other plastic surgery needs, Dr. Barlow also does that. He's, you know, one of the lead plastic surgeons in Houston, and he's the head of the plastic surgery department at his hospital down in the Clear Lake area. So he's very well trained and very well experienced. He has the expertise to help you look your very best, and I hope you'll take advantage of this. So don't hesitate to give us a call here at the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center if you're interested in that. So thank you again, Doc, for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank each one of you for joining us as well. A special thanks to Physicians Preference Pharmacy, formerly Hotsey Pharmacy, proud sponsor of Dr. Hotsey's Wellness Revolution podcast. provided on this radio program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution Radio Program advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this radio program is at the listener's discretion.